What up, everybody? Welcome back to the On the Diamond and Into the Deep podcast. This is Mahal, your host. Today, it is December 14th, 2023. We're recording at 4.40 p.m. Today, we'll be talking about Jorge Soler, Randy Rosarena, some realistic expectations for this offseason now that Otani is off the board. We'll also discuss the Otani contract, of course. We'll talk about whether it's soon enough to call for Stanton's head. Is it time to sell the team? And then we'll also talk about Cal Raleigh's interview on Seattle Sports 710 from this morning. So let's get into it. Go Mariners as always, and let's go. All right. So before we get into Jorge Soler and Randy Rosarena, let's just start off by saying, Wow, what a contract for Shohei Otani. $700 million over 10 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And as much as I'd like to feel for Blue Jays fans, after Friday, it looked like he was about to be there later that day, announced that evening as a Blue Jay and the very next day, he is a Dodger. I would love to feel for you, Blue Jays fans. But man, do I not feel for you one bit. I don't feel for Blue Jays fans one bit. I don't feel for Angels fans one bit. But let's get into the specifics of the contract, right? So a few days later, after the contract originally came out, I believe this was Monday afternoon or so that this came out but Shohei Otani deferred 680 million of the 700 million to 10 years following the conclusion of his contract so if you don't know what I mean let me explain so for the first 10 years of his contract which are what he is under contract for it's when he's going to be playing for the Dodgers. He's being paid what would be $70 million a year. But instead, he is being paid $2 million a year for those first 10 years. And instead, he will be paid a large amount those following 10 years. So he won't get that full 700 million until 20 years following. And we've had just a little bit of news break live here. One of which is the Dodgers and the Rays just agreed to a deal. Glasnow and Margot to the Dodgers for Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. And LA wants to extend him. This is per Jeff Passan. Also per Jeff Passan, Jack Flaherty in agreement with the Detroit Tigers on a one-year $14 million contract. The only one that could really affect the Mariners there would be the Dodgers trading for Glasnow and Margot. And the way it could is I've seen um, some other Mariners fans speculate on Twitter that if they are trading Margot, it may mean that they're not willing to trade a Rosarena. I don't know how true that is, but we'll get into a Rosarena later, and we'll talk about the impact of these trades in that segment. But those are a couple big moves. The stove is hot. 
and Trader Jerry needs to wake up. We cannot keep sleeping. It's time to do something. They have to do something. If they don't do something, they are letting this entire fan base down. They are letting Cal Raleigh down, as we'll also get into later. But it has been an embarrassment of an offseason so far. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So, Otani. So, those first 10 years, including this follow- this next year, he'll be getting $2 million a year. After that, he'll be getting $68 million a year from the Dodgers every year for the next 10 years until his contract is fully paid off. Now, some of you may be wondering, well, why would he do that? And as we saw with the Angels, what happened to the Angels was with the Trout contract and the Otani contract, they didn't have the ability to go sign large, big superstars to also come and play alongside Otani and Trout. And they struggled to even make the postseason as they did not make the postseason one time. And what an embarrassment that is for the Angels, truly and utterly. Two of the greatest players of all time in our sport, and they cannot even make the postseason. This is coming from a Mariners fan where we wasted the primes of Edgar Jr., Buner, Randy Johnson, the early part of A-Rod's career, all on the same team, and we didn't even win a World Series. We didn't even make the World Series. But again, who really cares? I don't. So continuing on, let's go into Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is my top free agent target that feels realistic right now. So, let's talk about his past year in Miami. This year, he did work with Brant Brown, who we'll talk about a little bit later, as Cal Raleigh was basically beaming, talking about him on 7-10. But Brant Brown worked with Jorge Soler, and Soler had one of the best seasons of his career. In terms of WRC+, it was his third best year of his career, only following his rookie season and his 2019 season in which he received MVP votes. And that's just based off of WRC+. Via War, this was his second best season. All right. And again, that's working with Brant Brown, who's the Mariners' new offensive coordinator. It's like a football position. But we're not playing football. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. But I'm excited to see what he can do. And again, Raleigh was beaming, but we'll get into that again. We'll get into that later this episode. Reading off a few stats, let's talk about Solaire again. Solaire had 141 strikeouts this year. That was at a 24.3% clip, which, according to Baseball Savant, was in the 33rd percentile, which... You may be saying, oh, but we can't go get strikeout guys. But we did just dump Teoscar. We did just dump Kelnick. We did just jump, dump Gino, who are all 200-plus strikeout type of guys when you're looking at their percentage. Obviously, Kelnick didn't reach that. But if he had played the entire season, he might have, as he did have the highest strikeout percentage on the entire team. But that doesn't matter, because those three guys are gone, and Soler is here, could be here. And Soler has a better strikeout percentage and less strikeouts than all of those guys. Again, 149 strikeouts. 41 strikeouts, sorry. Gino and Teoscar combined for, I believe, almost 200, if not 
over 200 strikeouts. And we talked about that in episode one of the pod. That was a problem. It was a problem that needed to be fixed. And the Mariners have dealt with it. Right? But it's not the type of problem where you can just immediately say, oh, okay, we've solved that problem. Now, because those guys are gone, you have to go get other guys. And I think Jorge Soler is a dude we could spend the money on and be a very, very valuable target. Looking at his savant, we see quite a lot of red. Only two things in the blue, and that is his whiff percentage and his K percentage. We already talked about his K percentage, but his whiff percentage is also there. Now, his whiff percentage isn't a big deal to me because his chase percentage is very good, 72nd percentile, and his sweet spot percentage is also very good in the 72nd percentile, according to Baseball Savant. And I think when you look at both those things, it does balance out to about even. But what does Jorge Soler bring? He brings raw power. Again, raw power. That is what what he brings. His expected slugging this year, 532. 94th percentile in the entire league. If I haven't seen elite power, this is elite power. When was the last time you saw a Mariners player have truly elite power? Was it Gino in 22? Is it Julio? Or was the last time Nelson Cruz? Mariners definitely haven't had a DH with natural power like this would be since Nelson Cruz. This is a true impact bat. Impact. That's what this lineup needs. It needs impact. This year, following a 2022 season in which he only had 300 at-bats, or sorry, 270 at-bats, and his OPS was below 700, he followed that up in Miami with a fantastic season, posting an 853 OPS. Quality. Only beat out by his 2019 campaign and his 2014 rookie campaign. This would be his age 32 season. And again, the Mariners need impact bats now in this lineup. And is Jorge Soler better than Gino, Kelnick, and Teoscar? Is he better than one of those dudes? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Is he better than the DH position last year? Yes. Yes, he is. Brings a lot more value to that position than the Mariners got out of it last year. Soler had 126 hits this season in 580 plate appearances. He walked 66 times, which is the second most in his career. He had 75 RBIs, also second most in his career. Only season beat that is 2019 and with the Royals, which again, he received MVP votes that season. This guy was a World Series MVP in 2021. He brings a veteran presence to the clubhouse that you now need to go along with these young dudes. You need a player or multiple players in the clubhouse that can match what Gino brought. And Jorge Soler is a dude that I believe can do that. 
my only question mark with Soler is what is a fair expectation of this year. Steamer projects another very good season for Jorge. Steamer projects a 1.9 war season. 12.9 offensive of that and negative 16.2 defensive. And that can be expected as he's going to be a DH type of guy. Both Steamer and Fangraphs projected WRC plus of 119, which is above average. You can't ask for much more than that. You have to go get impact bats, and this guy will be an impact bat. They both also project for similar amount of plate appearances. Steamer projects 34 home runs. Fangraphs projects 33. 91 RBIs per Steamer, 81 per Fangraphs. Obviously, you don't know how accurate this is, and it can shift over time. But how can you not look at this guy and think, it's an impact bat. He makes a difference in our lineup. We should not go get him? I don't really care what he's going to cost. You need to spend money, and I know that they're tight on money. But if you can go get this dude for 20 mil a year, I would go do it. If your offseason right now looks like Jorge Soler and the dude I'm going to talk about next, am I going to be happy by any means? No. But am I going to be upset? Maybe a little bit. But following what we've seen these past couple weeks and what we're hearing out of all the major media outlets, I don't think you can be upset about this. You need impact bats, and Jorge Soler is the epitome of an impact bat. You have to go get him if you're the Mariners. You have to go get someone. He was an all-star this year. Will that translate to T-Mobile Park? I believe it will. He's got the same offensive dude in Brant Brown that'll be following him. It'll be a second year with Brant Brown, which I believe will mean it is a better season. Maybe not better statistically, but he'll be more comfortable in it. Don't feel confident in it. You've got to go get someone important. And I think this dude can be an important bat in your lineup. This is the type of guy that would probably hit fourth in your lineup, third or fourth in your lineup next season. Right now, your opening day lineup right now, it's looking like probably your one two is going to be JP Julio again, Cal at three or four, and then. A whole lot of just nothing. Just purely nothing. So if you look at their lineup with Jorge Soler, let's just throw Jorge Soler in there. You're going JP Julio. Then you're going Cal Soler, Soler Cal. Whatever way you want to organize this, that is for impact bats, hopefully. Three of those I think you can almost guarantee are going to be impact bats. The only one I'm not sure about is JP. And I believe JP will be an impact bat again. Will he be another, whatever he was last year from another planet, will he be an alien as he loves to talk about? I don't know. And if you don't know what I mean, it's because he has an obsession with aliens. If you look up JP Crawford alien on Google, you will see what I mean. 
you need impact. Your lineup needs bats. And this is a way to get it without getting rid of some major pieces for your future or for your team this year. In my opinion, you have to go get that. That is why free agency is so important. It's why it has to play a role in finishing this rebuild that we started in 2019. It has to be done. And it needs to be done now. You can't wait any longer if you're the Mariners. You need to make a move. Your fan base is fed up. Your players are fed up. Even if Cal couldn't go out and say it on air, you can tell he's fed up. You could tell Taylor Saucedo was fed up on his Twitch stream. He was streaming when Kelnick got traded. You could tell how fed up he was. You could tell how sick he was. He grew up a Mariners fan. He understands it. If nobody else understands it, he does. But he's not the only one. A lot of people understand. Cal understands. Does ownership? I don't know. And that's the question that needs to be asked right now. So moving on, let's take a look-see at Randy Arozarena. I think by now, basically everybody knows that name. Made a name for himself in the shortened season, helping his Rays make it to the World Series, being truly a menace in the postseason that season at a time when there was nothing else to watch in terms of sports. It was baseball. And Randy Arena, he brought the energy. I think we saw it during the All-Star game when he made a play in the first inning and the first at-bat, I'm pretty sure, making a nice leaping catch. We saw it in the World Baseball Classic with Mexico. This dude is energy. Now that Gino has departed, you need a dude that is going to bring energy and good vibes. I think Randy Arena can fill those cowboy boots. I think he can do it. Now, statistically, is he the greatest hitter? No, but he's a 789 OPS dude last season, 772 the year before, 2021, 815. That's a consistent little mark there. I think you can expect at least a 770 OPS out of this guy, and that's about as good as you can ask for for someone now. That's probably better than what you're going to get. You need an outfielder. You need at least one outfielder. And I think that the Mariners are probably going to go get this guy. What will it cost? I don't know. We saw Bryce Miller today posted on his Instagram. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on Twitter, I'm sure. The Instagram story is gone. But he posted his new splitter, and it looks filthy riding the top of the zone like a fastball and breaking right at the end into the dirt. That is what he needed. He needed a pitch to pair with that filthy rising fastball he has. It seems like he might have found it. So would I trade him? Still probably yes, because you need to trade one of those dudes if you're going to get impact bats probably, because your system right now, your farm system, it is all Big impact bats, hopefully, that are going to affect your club starting as soon as the end of this year, hopefully, with Cole Young and Harry Ford. Tyler Locklear, maybe as well. 
your system, your farm system, it's all bats now. So if you do go out and trade a Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, who is going to fill that? Marco Gonzalez is gone now. Are they going to go sign Blake Snell? Probably not. Are they going to go sign a different pitcher? Probably not. Robbie Ray won't be healthy until August or so is what Jerry Depoto said. Emerson Hancock, you can't lean on. There is no depth there. So if you trade one of those guys, you have to go sign some depth pieces. And do they have the money to do that? I don't know. And that's what scares me now. As much as I have emphasized that is the way you're going to go apply and get impact bats, I don't know if it's the way that they can do now. Because of their payroll problems. You see these payroll problems affecting them in so, so many ways. And this is just yet another one that you can add to the Santa's list of issues. A never-ending list of problem after problem after problem after problem that this one singular problem has caused. It's a cascade. It truly is. Having cheap owners has cascaded to cause all these problems within. You can see how fed up Scott Service was, how Jerry DePoto fed up was. Everybody's fed up. The fans are fed up. We'll get into it more later, but is it time for change? It might be, but you have to wait till the offseason is over, Mariners fans, to truly know if it is time to call for change. Back to a Rosarena. Really good walk percentage, 12.2%, 87th percentile. Great sprint speed, 78th percentile. Both those things will play. That means get on base and run. And that's something that the Mariners probably need to take a little bit more of adva- more advantage of because they need to get dudes and run in runners in scoring position next season and drive them in. He's not the greatest defender in terms of statistical whatnots, but that sh- doesn't matter now. That doesn't matter. What matters is the bat, and the bat plays. Average exit velocity. 91.7, 86th percentile, bear percentage, 82nd percentile, hard hit percentage, 85th percentile. All those things play. They play. Top 8% of the league in three of his four seasons in the big leagues with max exit velocity. He hits the ball hard, and that's something Jerry DePoto really, really likes. He is a dude that will make impact in your lineup again. Fangrafts had him for 3.3 war this season. That's three more wins. Mariners have chalked off some wins now, but they need to get some of those wins back because we need to be closer to the Astros and the Rangers now. At this point, we're not even competing for a division. With them, we're competing for a wild card spot. So it depends on what people do around us to be able to know and expect whether we will. Randy Rosarena is ARB eligible starting this year. He is, he'll have three years of service time. 
as he's a free agent in 2027. He does still have two options, not that that really matters, but he played 139 games in left field this year. So, you know, I mean, it's he is what you want him to be. He is a he's a dude that'll play in left field for you. He'll sit out there in left field. He will defend in what he needs to do. He's fast enough to make an impact and Julio covers so much ground that if he's if Randy Rosarena is fast and he can cover the ball and he can get it in that's good enough for you in left field that will play but his bat again is what you need 126 WRC plus this year if you don't know how that works again it's on a 100 grade scale so he's 26% above league average um, just in terms of that and WRC plus is weighted runs created so it's accounting for basically how valuable you are as a hitter, what you are doing to support the lineup. And if you don't know what war is, it weighted, or it's, oh, I'm blanking. But it's basically how valuable you are as a player. Wins above replacement, that's what it means. Wins above replacement. So it's how basically above average you are, and 3.3 is very good. It is, it's solid. He had 20, 20, 22 steals this year. He had 32 a year before. He'll be in his age 29 season. Um, 23 home runs this year. That'll probably decrease a little bit in T-Mobile Park, as again, not a power ballpark. But Cal Raleigh expressed today that Brant Brown is making a note of that, and he is trying to find ways to... Look at the start of the season and the end of the season when it starts getting colder at T-Mobile Park and the marine layer starts to set in. He's trying to figure out how do we get around that and how do we win games because it doesn't matter how pretty it is if you can win games. That is what matters. This Mariners team last year, the year before, they were so good in the summer that they struggled in the colder months, especially last year. They struggled in the cold months. And I think that's going to account for how Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander, as well as Scott Service, build this team for next season. But the Mariners need bats. So it shouldn't matter necessarily how you build this team as long as you build this team. You have to build this team better. And I think if you can acquire Solaire and Randy Rosarena. You were looking at a team that, is it better than last year? I think you could have that debate. You could definitely have that debate. But is it better than it is now? Most definitely. There is no debate there. That is better. This, both those dudes added to this lineup, makes this team better than it is right now. And Randy Rosarena would be a fan favorite immediately. No questions asked. He's a fun ball player. He has a personality that is just perfect. It is, it's everything that you are looking for. You're looking for someone that can fill even a little bit of what Gino's shoes were. Someone that brings just good vibes and joy and loves playing the game. And that's Randy Rosarena. And I think he can do that. So continuing on, let's just talk about some expectations quickly for next year. Because as we've seen recently, 
I don't know what this team is doing. There has been basically nothing leaked. I don't know what they're going to do. But how many bats can we expect this team to add? And I think that you can expect two impact bats right now. If it's less than two impact bats, if it's one or dare I say zero impact bats added, we should be calling for everyone in anyone's head. You can be angry at whoever you want at that point. Because if that happens, that means Jerry DePoto also failed. Even with him given nothing, he got rid of impact bats that we already had in our lineup. Because he thought he could get other ones. And if he doesn't get other ones, that's going to be a problem. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think he'll get at least one impact bat. And I think you need two, though. I think you do. And I mean, even two is very... uh, You're going to question that. And I think right now, that is a fair expectation for this offseason. I think two impact bats is a fair expectation. One via free agency, one via trade. I think that is fair. How much payroll can we potentially see added, though? I think you can expect at least $30 million. If $30 million is not added, again, call for Stanton's head. That We need him to talk. We need to know what is happening. I need an explanation. We all need an explanation. I need a press conference if that's what happens. He needs to sell the club if he's not willing to add more than $30 million to this payroll that you've already cut down about $30 million. If you can't even get back up to the $140 million mark, I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for. You have to at least get back to where we were last year. And if we don't, riots should happen. But we can't have that happen yet. You can call for the sell on Twitter or whatever. Do it. Do it. I love to see it. Because this offseason has been more than a failure so far. But realistically, it's not fair to fully call for Stanton's head yet because we haven't seen fully what's going to happen. If they get up to $160 million, okay, we can ease off and see what happens. But if it's around $140 million, and if it is under that, call for the sell immediately and do it brutally. Now, When does a move need to happen? Obviously, you need moves before spring training. But honestly, the Mariners need a move before Christmas. You need a move as soon as possible. Because you're going to lose anybody and everybody. Again, we heard Cal talk on the radio this morning. We heard him. You could feel the frustration. And you could feel how hard it was when he was talking about how he just want how him and the other players they realize they need to wait till the end of the offseason, but you could tell how hard that is to do. 
which again, that's why a move needs to happen soon. We need to show that we care. Nobody's going to want to come here when these reports are saying that the ownership doesn't care, that nobody cares. Change needs to happen now. And again, if we don't reach that $140 million mark in payroll, Stanton's head should be called for immediately. That's all I got to say about that. So moving on, let's talk about the Cal-Raleigh interview on 710. We are all hoping for fireworks. I think every Mariners fan out there was listening and hoping for fireworks. But I think one of the big things that came out of it were Cal Raleigh's comments on Brant Brown. And I know I've talked about this a little bit already, so I won't go too far into it. But Cal Raleigh seemed to have a great first impression of Brant Brown. I think that is fantastic because I trust Cal. I think every Mariners fan trusts Cal more than most people on the Mariners team, more than many people in the organization. And him talking about Brant Brown the way he did, I think that brings a lot of joy. Now, if you missed it, basically what Cal Raleigh was talking about was that Brant Brown and him in their first conversation already were talking about what are some early season things that can be implemented to help them win games. As Cal Raleigh said this multiple times, doesn't matter what the numbers say, doesn't matter about stats or anything, doesn't matter how you do it, it just matters that you win. That is what matters. And that is what I like to hear because it doesn't matter how they do it. I don't care if it's ugly. I want to see them win games and I want to see them in the postseason again. Cal Raleigh also expressed that even with those basic general points that Brant Brown has expressed with him, and they've talked about, there'll be more in spring training. Will we hear exactly what that is? We don't know. And it probably also will depend on the bats that are acquired. But Brant Brown, the new offensive coordinator, sounds like he is doing good things. And that's what I like to hear. That is good. We also heard Cal Raleigh talk about leadership. He is a leader, and he said that he's not the only leader, though. JP, Ty France, Robbie Ray, all guys that have been in the league and that are leaders in that clubhouse. And again, during that segment, he talked about they have to do whatever it takes to get the Ws, to get the wins, because that is what truly matters when you look at it. When you look at the start of the season, from the end of the season. Like right now, if we were to look at April, I don't care how they played. All I care about is if they got dubs and they did not get enough. And again, that's why we missed the postseason. There were a variety of reasons, but that was a reason. Mariners sucked in April. They sucked in May. When we got to August, that's when they had their best month. Mariners sucked in September again. The inconsistency was our problem. Mariners need to be consistent. And consistently meh 
or bad isn't good enough. I need consistently at least good. And you can be middling between meh and good the entire season, but if you're consistent between that, and you're going to win at least 90 games, I'm happy. That's all I expect. If you get 90 wins and miss the postseason, okay, I'm going to be upset because we missed the postseason. But you still also did win 90 games. But truly, all you really need to do this off, this season is make the postseason. And it feels like a transition year, and it feels like right now they're not going to. But I really hope that they're going to push and push and push to be able to get that and make the postseason next year. Because us, as Mariners fans, I think we all believe that we deserve that. And Cal said that too. The praise he gave to the fans, he expressed all of the fans' frustrations and stated their validity. And I appreciate Cal for that. And Cal said they were right there. And they were. They were two games back. And they had a final postseason. Or a final week. Final couple series. To be able to push through. But they didn't. And as of right now, that our team, the Mariners, they are worse than they were at the end of the season, though. So even if they were right there, you have to get back to that point. The only way to know that you're back at that point is by getting a couple more impact bats. So it's time for action. The Mariners need to make moves in ASAP. They need to make moves before everybody's gone. Thank you all for listening. This was another episode of On the Diamond Into the Deep. This was episode 10. I'll be releasing episode 11 probably next week. It'll be tough with holidays around, but I will try to get one out next week. Um, anyway, go Mariners. Go Kraken. Nice to see them win the other night. Um, go Seahawks. Hopefully some of the stuff between Pete Carroll and the players calm down. Go Dogs. Get the playoff coming up soon. We'll talk more about that in the future, but... Again, go Mariners, go Kraken, go Seahawks, go Sounders. See y'all next time. Peace.